Hey everyone, and welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast Minisode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something Toonami adjacent, something that might have aired on Toonami in an alternate universe, where I guess in this case it wasn't produced by Netflix. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And today we are talking about Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Part 1 Siege. Reloaded <laughs> 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only, I'm not even really exaggerating about the title of the show. It's a little clunky. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is a Netflix show. Uh, it's obviously an animated series and it was released just recently. It was released in July 2020, uh, even though it was initially supposed to be in June, but you know, coronavirus screws literally everything yeah. so it got delayed uh it is produced by rooster teeth and all spark animation which is hasbro's animation division name these days <laughs> uh, and also polygon pictures weirdly netflix calls it an anime series which doesn't make a lot of sense to me to be honest like it's, polygon it's a, pictures it's a japanese has, studio like but yeah right but like rooster teeth was also involved and it seems like for the most part the creative leads were american and also polygon pictures which is the anime studio has produced like star wars resistance and star wars the clone wars which i don't think anyone considers anime really so yeah it's kind of interesting it's a little weird to me i i'm kind of curious why they decided to call it anime specifically it is directed by a japanese person oh really okay well at least never mind i guess it's anime at least two of the episodes it is a little odd (laughs) that yeah like usually when i think anime i think like i don't know big eyes and small mouths and expressive and i don't know Whatever. Well, I mean, in fairness, like they are giant robots. It would be pretty yeah. weird if they had anime eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd kind of like to see that now, just as like a, I don't know, as a joke, not as a full series. Oh, God. But anyway, of course, being a Transformers show, uh, there is a corresponding toy line, and basically the current season or chapter, as they call it is the first of three parts, obviously, as the trilogy would indicate, uh, and primarily concerns the end of the War for Cybertron, while the second part is going to, you know, involve the Transformers going to Earth, and the third part, it sounds like, is going to kind of be a modern remake of Beast Wars. That's actually pretty exciting, and a little scary. Yeah, Yeah, I'm curious to see how that turns out, but, like, supposedly the you know decepticon and autobot characters time travel to ancient earth where they encounter the beast wars characters so that will be interesting to see at least i don't know i'm kind of like just knowing that there's going to be sort of a redone beast wars makes me a little excited yeah and (laughs) but also like imagine real graphics for some of those horrifying (laughs) robot designs (laughs) oh yeah 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 a, a, a yeah, a photorealistic wolf just like, like sp- <laughs> into a robot <laughs> that has like a cheetah yeah. face on its chest. It's yeah, the idea scary. of a photorealistic cheetah doing that would be the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Not that the show is photorealistic, obviously, it's very stylized, but uh, the the idea is funny. Like that'll be what happens when the Michael Bay movies eventually get around to yeah, yeah. Beast Wars stuff when they run out of everything else to mine. <laughs> when we're gonna have like historical settings to put Transformers in. 
Yeah, I mean that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's like we've you know what? We've already done a movie where Optimus Prime helps Indiana Jones secure the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis. So <laughs> I guess we might as well do Beast Wars. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, th- some fun things about this show, something I really appreciate personally, is that apparently the character designs for the characters that have toys, those designs are pretty much like straight up using the AutoCAD designs for the toys themselves oh, wow. as references. So the characters are absurdly toy accurate, which yeah. is kind of awesome. Um, and also this show has gotten really good reviews. It, last I checked, which admittedly was like a few days ago, but I suspect it hasn't changed much. Um, it was 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's pretty insane. <laughs> that's something. Yeah. Like, you know, and for a Transformers show, that's pretty impressive. It's quite honestly. enjoyable too. It's in. It's like you know. It's yeah, got I, I like it. Complex characters and like a plot and uh, interesting things happening. Unlike Transformers Armada, you know, it's, it's got. Yeah, I no kind of regret. <laughs> I kind of regret watching this before Armada. To be honest, <laughs> before we finished it, oh. just for the sake of like. It's it's going to be a real treat to go back to Armada's characterization after this I'm show. I'm going to be so, honest, and I'm going to say something. This is a weird take that you will not agree with, but oh I boy. slightly miss the presence of human children. <laughs> <laughs> that is a take I don't agree with. I generally or hate humans human. in Transformers things. Or just a human. Not. I don't want it to be like, I don't know how I want it to be because I don't yeah, want, you just it to want be like Spike Witwicky there no. to be like, oh shit, no, 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 we no, no. didn't even. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that technically hell. Spike Witwicky is the one from the animated series. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, saying, oh shit, we didn't even damage it when they fire a Unicron. You know that yeah, classic well, uh, thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's just because like I felt like such an outsider for a lot of this conflict. They make a lot of references to things that they don't uh i don't know they don't yeah, fully ex- explain explicitly yet. show yeah yeah and you know that's fine shows can and should do that stuff now and then but mm-hmm. at times i was like a little lost or just like a little bit like i don't know i could use some kind of grounding here uh right uh, <laughs> i don't know yeah, if i i, I, I don't know if i really that. totally <laughs> want kids there to fuck everything up though it's okay peter you just want rad to tell you about the transformers Transformers. like (laughs) that's that's totally an acceptable take i i respect yeah i need rad to break things down for me over and over (laughs) again (laughs) all right so uh the the basic plot overview of this show this is more the premise than the plot but cybertron as it always is is torn apart by a civil war between the autobots and decepticons and Optimus Prime and Megatron, the leaders of the respective factions, uh, were at one point like friends or allies. Co-revolutionaries. Yeah, right. They were both students of a Transformer called Alpha Trion, and they led some kind of rebellion. It's not totally clear from the show who that rebellion was against. Yeah. I expected that it was against the Quintessons, just I think that's how it's pronounced just from knowing the other Transformers lore, but it may not be. It's it's kind of up in the air. But anyway, uh, after this revolution, Megatron killed Alpha Trion, and now the two are fighting this kind of bitter war. Uh, Megatron wanting 
Cybertron to be very secure and to be strong, while Optimus yeah. wants all the Cybertronians to be free. And it's, you know, um, Megatron wants to impose his own kind of order on the world, too. And yeah. Right. And so, I don't know. You kind of have this, like, totalitarian order versus, like, the yeah, ideas the of freedom. Yeah, the resistance fighters. Yeah, right. Who are, which I will say, like, again, I like the show, even though I'm going to be nitpicking a lot of things about it during this podcast episode. But I think it's very funny that the Autobots are an underground resistance movement who wear their allegiance on their <laughs> fucking chests. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I, I do find that kind of funny. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's it's an interesting framing, and it's one that I don't feel like we see that often, honestly. Usually they're, like, co-equal sides of a war. Yeah. Not one side that's pretty much totally defeated and one side that's almost completely dominant. I was also interested in um, seeing what uh, what Cybertron looks like, which you yeah, don't sure. really get much of a, a view of in, in the shows that I've seen, at least. Like, I've seen a little bit of yeah, G1, yeah. and I've seen... <laughs> a lot of transformers well, armada and i've seen beast wars and and you know so like you don't really see what that that looks like or like a modern take on what that like cool cyber mm-hmm. planet looks like it turns out it looks a lot like uh what i remember halo 2 looking like on the xbox yeah like that's i think that's fair <laughs> and it's not bad it's it looks like cool and it's like a modern version of that sort of but like there's a lot of similarities of just like buildings that are just made of like giant structures of just polished steel <laughs> and yeah right it's a lot of like mega structures yeah. and kind of ruins and then like sort of purple doors and shit <laughs> i don't know yeah the decepticon base yeah, primarily kind of looks like a covenant ship or whatever yeah there is one really cool there's like a scene that takes place late in the series where the um the autobots have to go to this place they call the sea of rust oh yeah, yeah. and that i would say is actually very visually unique compared to a lot of the rest of the stuff yeah like oh yeah uh, I thought I, I really like the Sea of Rust sequence. It's just very creative looking. It feels like Mad Max Fury Road in a lot of ways. Yeah, which may have been intentional. The show has a lot of references thrown in, um, but you know it, it was still cool. It looked nice. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the real like driving force of this story is that Shockwave Megatron's scientist has devised this way to use the legendary AllSpark in order to basically turn all of the Autobots into Decepticons remotely. And Megatron is initially not a fan of this idea necessarily, but he kind of accepts it. And so both factions are trying to get a hold of the AllSpark. Optimus is trying to just get it off Cybertron entirely, uh, which, according to legend, will just destroy Cybertron and all of the Transformers. Uh, but obviously Megatron wants to use it for nefarious ends. Yeah. So, and Optimus doesn't yeah, really like, believe that legend. Like he's not trying to kill everyone, but uh, no, still. right, right. <laughs> but are you worried. know, it's it's a yeah, it's a superstition that a lot of Transformers hold. Certainly. So, I, I like this show. I I actually really liked this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we watched it in two parts, and after the first one, I was like, I kind of just want to finish it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's really even bingeable. though I know Peter will be annoyed. Yeah, very, very bingeable, surprisingly, because it's on Netflix. Yeah, of course. Um, but the, the thing I most like about it, and this has gotten a lot of talk, admittedly, but I still think it's worth mentioning, is that the entire, like, conflict of the show is 
less of a good and evil struggle and more of a like freedom security struggle Mm -hmm. yeah which is interesting because we don't see it as much and it makes it so that the decepticons like might have a point yeah yeah Uh, maybe to be fair there's some stuff in the show that i'm not going to talk about for spoilers sake that indicates that they very clearly don't have a point (laughs) but you know it, it it's 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 a moral axis that pretty much any reasonable person would yeah. concede requires some compromise. You can't go all in on either of those things. And it's interesting too because it you get the feeling too that like the Autobots are getting more desperate, whereas like the Decepticons mm-hmm. are part of a movement that has like gotten kind of so uh, that is a little desperate in its own, but is also like kind of the wheels are spinning out of control and their movement and like people are mm-hmm. things are getting like their factions within the Decepticons it seems that they are getting like more and more extreme with about the war and then others yeah, that are right, like right. more reasonable that that come to terms or rather come at odds to each other they don't come to terms right uh <laughs> we have come to terms though uh yeah big of o. course yeah big o style <laughs> uh yeah well that's the other thing is like the the character stuff in this show because is actually quite well done yeah uh particularly for a Transformers show again like and again especially compared to armada <laughs> good lord oh no like the the show literally starts with a megatron who in his opening scene uh, while starscream is saying we should just kill these autobots that we've found uh megatron's reply is this is a war not a genocide we're not trying to destroy them all we're trying to change their minds right yeah which you'd is never crazy <laughs> for megatron yeah, you would never imagine megatron saying something like that in like armada where it's just of course yeah, or, right. or in where Beast he's just Wars, a... really like it's just like yeah, yeah he right. just wants all the power he wants to take over he wants to kill the autobots okay right and and this is a megatron who in his first confrontation with optimus prime like is saying sign my peace treaty optimus right i'm trying to end this war he's you know it's like the first transformer show i think i've ever seen where the reality of them having this war that's been going on basically forever feels real yeah like right. megatron seems genuinely tired of fighting the war <laughs> he doesn't He's not talking about victory. He's literally talking about the war just ending. Although, in fairness, he holds all the cards. So, like, yeah. you know, it's basically victory either it's way. It's a surrender, basically. Yeah, right. But still, like... Yeah, that's still something. It's better than eradication. Yeah, right. And over the course of the series, we see him go from this mindset yeah. of we're trying to end a war, not destroy an entire race or whatever, uh, to... Like, okay, Shockwave, use your thing to turn them all into us. Right. Because I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, it's worth it to end this. Yeah, and it, that's and it's I think that's well handled seeing that like kind of degradation of one's own like morals mm-hmm. as they get more and more desperate or just kind of sick and tired. I I thought that was pretty neat. This. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, really, what more is there to say? Like, this show has like leaps and bounds of like complexity over any other Transformers show I've seen, even Beast Wars, which had it's had some good moments and had some uh 
had some really good moments and like uh, character development and stuff. This this does a lot of that and in a very short amount of time, so <laughs> it works for me. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say that it, as a consequence of being six episodes, some of these character arcs do feel a little speedy. Yeah, uh, but it's kind of fine with me also like i i would agree i like beast wars more than you do i think but still like i think this actually does a better job of handling some of the stuff which is why i'm really excited to see like the people who made this show's take on yeah beast wars, yeah me too to some extent um because i'm sure they'll do it justice and and yeah like i mean i've talked a lot about megatron but that same kind of character arc exists for basically all of the major characters of this show. Like pretty much everyone goes through some kind of arc from ratchet. Who's like a doctor, uh, or I guess mechanic, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) uh, repairing transformers that have been injured in the battles kind of on his own and repairing both Autobots and Decepticons learning that, the Decepticons are doing something truly evil and he needs to pick a side to like Starscream being, you know, this arrogant asshole who doesn't yet lead the Seekers, which are the jet Decepticons, but is very, very eager to do so. And you can really see how he becomes who he is, you know, in, I guess, G1 continuity where it's like, it's it's clear that he's always been a power hungry little shit and he's just one step higher on the ladder this it, time. It is really I'm really mixing my metaphors there. It is really one neat step though higher that, on the ladder. It is really neat though that you're you this show that like remake redoes some things and uh is a is a more modern take on that kind of stuff and it is a prequel is still like building the characters to the point where they make sense in the original G1 show where it's like it's yeah, like yeah it's right, like, oh right. that right he that star scream that makes sense he's going to become like the little asshole he is <laughs> in G1 Transformers way yeah, back like in the he, 80s like he already kind of is this asshole yeah. but like you can see why he has his sights set on Megatron now yeah. because it's very clearly the same process of like my leader's ineffective i could lead better than this and then right. Megatron promotes him and he's like i could leave better than megatron <laughs> yeah, yeah just unending ambition <laughs> like i i like that a lot actually yeah. um I, I will i will voice a complaint about starscream which is that he's just outright racist against autobots in this right. show in a way that's pretty uncomfortable considering that starscream is one of my favorite characters uh like it's a character change that makes a lot of sense yeah like he's a he has an incredibly inflated sense of importance and like you know superiority and, and so he's kind of that maps he's really cleanly, like kind of leads the more extreme faction of the decepticons yeah too. right for sure well him and shockwave it is i i do think it's funny that when megatron promotes starscream like we get reaction shots from a uh, Soundwave and shockwave <laughs> who are both kind of like Oh God! What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They clearly know Starscream's an idiot, which I kind of love. Um, but yeah, like it, it's a really good show. It's it's animated very well. I'll admit that some of the fight scenes felt a little weightless to me. Hmm. Like it's CG animation, which I'm not a huge fan of generally, uh, with some exceptions, obviously. But like 
it's hard to get things feeling properly weighty in CG, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I'm it, it's it's a small flaw. And to be fair, there's a scene late in the show where Omega Supreme shows up and he's like, you know, a hundred times the size of the rest of the characters. And he feels appropriately. Yeah, yeah that shit works. <laughs> like he, that, that scene's awesome also. Yeah. Like, oh, it's great. But uh, I don't know. What did you think? I've been talking a lot. No, I thought it was really great. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And <laughs> we probably shouldn't have watched it before we finished Armada. Because now, <laughs> like, cause when we were just watching Armada and shitty shows, it was like, oh, Armada seems to be getting a little better. And now it's like we have something to yeah, compare yeah, it to. It's and it's just, like, there's there's no way it's going to stack up to yeah, this. Yeah, that's huh? much better by far. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's... Honestly, though, still kind of excited uh... to watch more Armada. I, I, something about watching that show, I, I don't like the show, but I kind of like watching it <laughs> i kind of i kind of it's like a hate watch almost because i i like i like yeah, seeing yeah. what annex are going to get up to what what crazy fuck ups are going to happen in the production well yeah i mean <laughs> that's that's the fun part yeah. of it really is just waiting for the other shoe to drop about like <laughs> what now what like what's next what's going to be screwed up horribly next or like what what's the next dumb adventure the kids yeah. go on that makes no sense what what weird human apparel are minicons gonna put on next <laughs> yeah well shit yeah, I, yeah maybe we should get onto that then uh for next week yeah probably i'm not excited to do it i'm not even gonna pretend oh, this time. come on next week <laughs> you know we're finishing up season four the final season yeah. of transformers armada will escape from this little hell we've built for ourselves yeah, and then we'll move on to something else. Yeah. Transformers Energon. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. We're going to move on to something good. <laughs> if I win the bet, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, we, we will. <laughs> I I will not subject us to more <laughs> garbage right after this. But uh, yeah, so next week we'll tell you all about the Transformers. <laughs> but until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And uh, be sure to revisit us next week.